Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news and analysis and debate Monday to Friday just in time for your daily commute. I'm late Jules Boyle and joining me today is the big man on campus, Johnny McFarlane and the shy and retiring Gaby Mackay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Something nobody's ever said about ever. Gaby ever, ever before. There's always a time and a place. Primary one teacher <laughs> didn't even say that. Oh, that's true actually. <laughs> Uh, on the pod today, we're going to take an in-depth look at the weekend's Premiership fixtures, the rise of Aberdeen, Sam Cosgrove in the face of those Lazio rumours, and ever-mounting chatter regarding Stephen Gerrard's destiny as the next Liverpool manager. Okay, so we'll just fire straight in, and we've got a full card this weekend, all on Saturday, um, of all the Premiership fixtures. First up, uh, early kickoff. we're looking at Hibs v Celtic. Um, obviously, Hibs are, you know, eternally struggling at the moment. Uh, after the, the week, this week, Betfred Cup semi-finalist. Well, indeed, <laughs> indeed. But you know, it's, just, it's it's now the rules. You have to like, under fire Paul Heckenbottom. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's you know, Betfred Cup. You know, done well. I mean, against the odds, I think a lot of folks. I, I don't know if they had a shot on target. Gaby was there. You can tell us. I don't think either team had a shot on target. <laughs> it was a bloody dreadful game. <laughs> Kelly did hit the bar twice, but yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll on to it. But, yeah. <laughs> was it Conor Key Jr. sort of level of performance, or no? It was just just, nah, just, just even more dull game. I mean, if, if, I mean, if, if we're talking about Hibs, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. So there was that that game there. Um, Hibs are lucky that Kelly can't score goals because they did nothing in that game. I mean, that dodge that they've got up front is hilariously bad. <laughs> I mean, I'd like how much did they pay for him? Three hundred and fifty. Yeah, he's rubbish. Yeah. I mean, yeah, dreadful. Uh, so. I don't think you know they got that that win on penalties, but anyone could beat Kelly on penalties. Um, Gaby, just on Doidge before we change the subject. Yes. What has he got? I don't what know. What are the base elements there? There must be something there. Well, well, not that I saw from. I mean, he's. I mean, I guess he's kind of big, but he's not a guy like you look at and go, "Ah, he's a big physical not, specimen who's going to dominate things." Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's not particularly quick. Um, he doesn't really run into channels. <laughs> from what you've seen this season, he doesn't score goals. I genuinely don't know what he does. I don't know. I mean, how they managed to pay three hundred and fifty thousand for him. I know they had McNulty last season. I guess maybe they couldn't afford him. But you'd think spend a little bit more to get McNulty, who you had last season. You know, score goals, and at least you know what he does. Dodge. I. I mean, it's gonna. This will be like a Cosgrove thing. You'll suddenly hit a massive <laughs> run of form and start scoring goals, and people will be clipping this back to me. Totally. Going, but <laughs> you know nothing. Yeah, but I know. I, th- I thought. I mean, when I saw him the other night, I thought he was dreadful. Um, so yeah, well, the answer to what, what what has he got? Not a lot in my estimation, <laughs> and which is He's why a poet. he doesn't know it. it. Yeah. <laughs> which is why I cannot see Hibs getting anything out of that game at the weekend because Celtic, unlike Kilmarnock, can kick the ball into the back of the net, which is an issue for Hibs. Yeah, indeed. I mean, obviously Celtic as well are absolutely in fire at the moment as well. It is a way you've got to just think. Do you know what I mean? It's, an, it's another little um, death of a thousand cuts for Paul Hagenbottom, surely. Even as a you know died in the wool Hibs fan, <laughs> I have to say that you know they have no chance against Celtic. No. The way Celtic are playing, it's six and six. Basically, Celtic have had one bad forty-five minutes this season. Yeah, they have been electric and over fifty you, goals. You fear for a heckin' bottom in this game because this could be. In fairness, Celtic were rubbish against Dunfermline as well. So it's not true, true. Actually, minutes. that's fair. Yeah, that's I wouldn't, fair I wouldn't point. go as far as say rubbish. But anyway, they were. Rough. <laughs> um, the, the, I mean, at the end of the day, Celtic are on fire. This could be a terrible one for for Hibs, and it could be four or five or six. Uh, I fully Easily. expect Paul Heckenbottom to be under enormous pressure come the end of this game. Yeah, definitely. So, score prediction: four nil, six nil. You think Hibs will get six? (laughs) Six nil to Celtic. (laughs) Okay, we're moving on to an an exciting game. Um, Amorakis versus Livy. 
um, which is sure to be actually will be quite interesting to be fair. But obviously, you know, after the weekend, what do you think about that? Well, Aki's have started the season reasonably well. They they, they'll be happy with that nil-nil draw against uh, St Mirren, especially given they had a man sent off early in the second half. And they were able to show a little bit of dig and determination and grind it out, which is something that you wouldn't really associate with Hamilton under Brian Rice because they've been playing a more expansive style than they had. Have they? Like this season? I don't think they have. Mm. I think they did last season and they kept getting battered and they've now just gone back to playing like Hamilton play, which has been difficult to beat and not very exciting and stodgy. That's how they've played for most of this season, I think. Um, they've, Which is fine, it's understandable if you don't have a budget and you don't have a sort of big supporter base and you're what is frankly quite a small club for the top division, then yeah, you, you can... Keep it on, comparing their style now to what they were like under Martin Canning. It's the same. It's, no, it's, it's more attractive. Is it's, it? Have you got, watched them this season? It's got, it's got it it slightly more attractive, surely. I don't think it is. Have you watched them this season? I've watched them once. Right, well, I've watched them two or three times, and I don't think it is. I think it's much the same that they just sit back and try and get a goal on a set piece or on the break, um, which, again, I'm not knocking them for. There's you, there's more than one way to skin a cat, but I think the the sort of narrative that Brian Rice is introducing a more expansive style of play, I'm not sure, um, bears out in, in reality. I'm mean, obviously, as well, though, they're playing Livy, um, which is your description of Hamilton, how they play there, kind of can apply that to Livingston as well. They're a hard team to beat, they, you know, they... You know, set out to frustrate these things. It it's not going be. to be one for the connoisseurs. No, it's not. It really isn't. It really isn't. It's going to be quite a potentially a grind of a game. Um, potentially, I think Livy will comfortably win that. I've got to be honest. I, I've been yeah. very impressed by the application of their style. It's very easy, and you see it all the time in Scottish football to coach this kind of very direct, very aggressive style, punt the ball forward, and it just be a little bit of a mess. Uh, the game to be very broken, but I don't sense that when I watch Livy play. I feel like it's a very structured version of that. They look really well coached, really well organised, and they know exactly what they're doing. They have a plan around it. They've got a very, very good centre forward who has the capability not only to run in behind, but hold the ball up in Lyndon Dykes. I know he's not scored a lot of goals, but I think given what I saw against Rangers in both the games, he's a guy that's got the ability to step up a level. So with him in there, if he can add goals to his game, I think Livy can be another have another season where they're challenging for the top six because the way they, they apply that style, to me, is much better than, say, for example, if you take Gaby's point about Hamilton, the way Hamilton have been applying it. Do, do you agree? Yeah, no, I would agree with that, absolutely. Yeah. So goal predictions? 2-0, uh, Livingston. Livingston. Gaby? 1-0, uh, Livingston. Exciting stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, following that, uh, there's a the small matter of Kilmarnock uh, hosting Ross County. I'm not sure if anybody's got any real interest in that game here. Well, will I take this one? Well, why not? Take, give Johnny Brickhoff. Right, yeah, of course. I know, he, I know he's itching to he's talk totally about Kilmarnock Ross County. Yeah. But, um, Absolutely desperate to twitching. jump in on this one. <laughs> yeah. So this game will largely come down to whether Kilmarnock can score, which is much <laughs> what happened on Wednesday night. Now, if you watch Kelly... Uh, five clean sheets in six games and the one that wasn't a clean sheet was away at Celtic Park they are really good defensively really well organised really hard to play through but they still don't have that sort of creativity in the final third the you know the sort of thing that Greg the Snake gave last year at times and it ends up with Brophy just being sort of isolated up there and he's not really a striker who has the capability to you know like make chances on his own he needs somebody to play him in and you know sort of create those chances for him So it'll be interesting to see what Alessio does in this game, I think, because for the last few games, he's been playing with the three, Power, Dicker, El McCreaney in the middle, 
El McCreaney does push on a little bit more. Dicker sort of drops into the anchor role, but they're all three primarily defensively minded players, which makes Kelly very hard to play through and they're very well organised, but it also means there's not really anyone up there to support the strikers. So I'm wondering if maybe he'll drop one of those against a team like Ross County, who, okay, have done well, but they're a newly promoted team that you're playing at home. You think maybe maybe he might drop one of them and put maybe St. Clair or Thomas in the hole and try and get someone a bit closer to Brophy. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I think if Kamarnock score, yeah, they could have a good chance to win because they are very hard to break down, but that has been a big problem. And that was... Which part of the team game is at fault? Because you, you read that midfield out and you think, right, that's solid. But as you say, maybe there's not the runners... But at the same time, they bought Harvey Sinclair in there to be a number 10. Miller's been excellent this season when I've seen him. So, yeah. so where's, where's it falling down? I think it's just the, the get, basically getting a link between there. So Sinclair played on Wednesday night, but he played out wide on the left, which really isn't his position now. Um, I saw a little bit of him when he was in Italy, and I saw him in that game. He's a lovely technical player from what I've seen. You know, He had a couple of great touches, but he's not a guy. He's not like Miller, a guy who's going to go past people. And so, particularly in the first half of that game, which was real turgid stuff, it was just Kelly having a lot of the ball, but no real link uh, between Brophy, and then Brophy gets isolated. So I think where it's fallen down, um, certainly in in games where you look to be on the front foot, is you need somebody sort of in that number 10 position to really link the midfield and the attack, because, I mean, El McCreaney tries to do that. Um, He does play the furthest forward of them, but you can tell that's not really his game. Um, uh, you can understand against Rangers Celtic Aberdeen, you might want those three sitting in the middle, and it is a you know it's a very solid midfield. They're all they're all good players, but when it comes to trying to get Brophy a little bit more involved, or well any striker, I guess so came on uh, on Wednesday, but that's kind of where it's fallen down, I think. So how do you think it's going to go then? Score predictions? Um, I think it will be uh, either one nil Kamarnock or nil nil. Yeah, I'm going for nil nil. Ross County are like the bad penny that people will tip against all season, but actually they're pretty well organised. A lot bit like Livingston, maybe not quite to the same extent, but they they've got decent players up front. They'll score goals. You can see them already sitting in fifth. Nobody expected them to go to Motherwell and get a result, and they did it. So I think it'll be a draw. Fair enough. A Ranger Aberdeen, um, another big one. That's going to be massive. That's huge. That's huge. Probably the biggest one of the weekend, really. I think Stephen Gerrard only won one out of six last season. Um, yeah. I might be wrong. Might, be, might have been two. Might have been two. I think they won the last game. So, uh, But he's not got a good record against Derek McInnes. And I think the fans have noted that. And they've noted the way Derek McInnes is going about the matches where he's played this rope-a-dope strategy. Yeah. Rangers have fallen for it every time most notably in the two cup games, uh, especially the one at Ibrox, the replay at Ibrox in the Scottish Cup. Uh, uh, Derek McInnes put on a tactical masterclass that night in terms of the way he set Aberdeen up and the way Rangers just were sucked into that plan. It's obviously going to be different in a league game than it is in the cup. Um, I think Alfredo Morelos is going to be absolutely huge for Rangers. Will he allow himself to get drawn into what is sure to be a, a heady physical battle? I hope for his sake, that he continues the kind of disciplinary form that he's shown already this season and uh, keeps himself out of trouble because if he does that, then Rangers have got a good chance of of winning the game. Uh, They've controlled these games against Aberdeen and they just have to show that they're not naive and that they have the firepower now in the squad that they've added in the summer that can take them past that kind of low-block team that Aberdeen represent. But I think it'll it'll be a tight game. 1-0 Rangers, maybe? Maybe. 
Yeah, I can't really disagree with any of that. I mean, the thing that I would add is, you know, Aberdeen, they're under a little bit of pressure now yeah. with going out of the cup to hearts in midweek. There's a few fans are maybe saying that is McInnes going a bit stale there? Is, is maybe it time for a change? And obviously, having gone out of the cup to a struggling hearts team on Wednesday, that's one trophy off the board. I think we can safely say they're not going to win the league. So now there's sort of only one, you know, obviously Aberdeen seeing themselves as they do as the third biggest club in Scotland, wanting to be winning trophies as we said the other day on the podcast they've only won one under McInnes and they're not going to win the league and they can't win the league cup anymore so there's a bit of pressure on them so I suppose it just depends will that lead to a reaction will that lead to them coming out in for them what is one of the biggest games of their season when they play Rangers you know we all know about the bit of rivalry there will it be a reaction or will it be that the pressure gets to them so I could see this one being a draw actually I'm thinking maybe maybe 1-1 yeah. Aberdeen have got horrendous injuries in midfield. They've spent decent money on bringing Ojo in, injured almost right away. Craig Bryson's never really got started. We expect him to be a massive player for Aberdeen this year. Add a bit of um, dynamism running from deep and arriving late in the box. That could have completely transformed the way Aberdeen play. And to lose those two players means that they're, they're going to have to rely on Lewis Ferguson and Dean Campbell. Two very good young players, but young players nonetheless. And they're going to go into a, a real maelstrom at Ibrox, a real... Uh, atmosphere I would imagine and uh, they're going to have to stand up to what will be some pretty harsh scrutiny I would imagine I'd imagine it's going to be another pretty tough physical game but you know what Derek McInnes I want to write him off every season because I'm not a big fan of the football he plays but every time that I'm set to write him off or I say something to write him off he comes up with a result he's undeniably a good good manager in Scottish football no matter what you think of, of his style of play he gets results and he builds teams and he gets those Aberdeen players motivated and you just can't take that away from him. So while I expect Rangers to win, would I be at all surprised if Aberdeen threw a span on the works? No. And remember, Aberdeen had quite a bad start last season as well, didn't yeah. they? And then they turned it around. So Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, um, St. Johnson are home to Motherwell. Indeed, St. Johnson are having a dreadful start. I was born and raised in Perth, so St. Johnson are my second team yeah. after Hibs. So, um, you know, I feel for, for them because uh, I've got a lot of friends who are St. Johnson fans. And uh, I think Tommy Wright is a good manager, but he's suffering from that thing that happens to every manager if they spend a long time at one club. It's sort of just a natural malaise which comes in where the fans are, you know, a bit sick of you. Um, you've got to completely reinvigorate the team. And, and, and at clubs like St. Johnson, that, that kind of has to happen every year. They, you don't get that that decent length of cycle. And I know that the success that he's had at St. Johnson is from a core of players, but he's had to change that over. And, and I think last season, he looked like he pulled it off. They were playing a different type of football, maybe not quite as as much of a, of a change as, say, for example, Motherwell. But they tried to, to change it up. They brought in players like Sean Goss, uh, to come in and get the ball down, not that that really worked for them. Um, they've listen, they've got good players there. You know, Jason Holt's a very, very good player. They've got Stevie May back. Um, they've got uh, Carrot in defence, who's who's really solid. Got a good goalie in Xander Clark. I don't think they're going to be down in that relegation mire for for much longer. So, I think they could win. It's got to happen at some point. Eventually, surely, eventually. Give you any thoughts? Do you agree with Johnny? Um, yeah, partially. I mean, I'm not sure that they'll win, but I do think, I mean, I'd have to check the stats on this, but it seems to me like St. Johnson always start the season really badly. Yeah. Remember, they, remember they kept getting into Europe and then going out in the first round and then starting the season terribly and then getting back into Europe again. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think they're going to get into Europe this season. They obviously haven't been there for a while, but I feel like they always have a terrible start to the season and eventually turn it around. 
I think Motherwell, though, have had a good start. I mean, there was a surprise loss to Ross County. I don't think anybody expected that, but they've got a good team of good young players there. Stephen Robinson obviously knows what he's doing. I think you'd make Motherwell favourites for that game, but um, it's it's, it's a tough one to call. I'm I'm not going to sit on the fence. I'm going to go 2-1 Motherwell in this one. I think they've just got enough to get it done. Definitive, definitive. Well, the last game is St Mirren v Hearts, and obviously Craig Levine has managed to sort of pull his death-diving Zeppelin off the ground ever so slightly in the last week with a couple of results, um, at least one of which caused a few surprises. Back to league work again. I mean, he's talking that you have to keep the pressure up, keep the focus on. You know, St Mirren, you know, and if basically if they make a mess of this, all that good work's undone. Or if they keep it going, it's that. Is he? Is he? Is he onto something here? They turned a the corner. Well, certainly, if you judge it by social media, the the din uh, surrounding Craig Levine seems to have subsided somewhat, and that's football. That's what happens. You win games, and ultimately the pressure dissipates. Of course. The way it has been with Craig Levine, if there is a bad result at St Man Park or whatever they're calling that new stadium now, I refuse to <laughs> call it the correct name, no. whatever it is, um, then all of a sudden it will start the circus, the carnival will start all over again because he has a good squad. But I saw signs against Hibs that suggested to me Hearts have it in them under Craig Levine to turn the corner. Second half, they were absolutely superb. It was the best Hearts performance I've seen for a long, long time. If they can bring that quality, that attacking purpose to their team, then they'll be fine. Uh, but he's under pressure still. And make no mistake, he's got a very, very thin line of success or failure to dance along. Definitely. Gabby, are Samirin capable of pushing them under that line? I, th- I think so. I mean, I think they've had some decent results and performances at home. Uh, certainly defensively, they beat Aberdeen, as we know. Okay, they lost to Rangers, but it was 1-0 on a brilliant free kick. Rangers struggled to break them down. I mean, they were sitting very, very deep. They were, I think they were in Greenock. But they were. That suits Mr. Broadfoot, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it oh, absolutely does, yeah. So, no, I think St. Mirren are a team that certainly at home can cause Hearts problems. Uh, I have to confess, I didn't see Hearts in the Edinburgh derby because I was on holiday. So, I, I'll take Johnny's word for it that they were much improved, and I didn't see them on Wednesday. So it's, it's difficult to judge. I'm, I'm judging this on pre-two wins in a row. Well, I suppose the other one wasn't really win. It was a draw on penalties. But you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Two results in a row, Hearts. But, uh, you, I mean, if you look at the squads on paper, if you say that, you think that Hearts will win. And I'm going to go out. I'm going to take Johnny's word for it that Hearts were brilliant in the second half of the Edinburgh derby. And I'm going to predict a Hearts win. Just yeah, remember, it was against Hibs that they were <laughs> yeah. brilliant. So everything in Not, context. Yeah, in context. Yeah. In context. Um, so final score prediction, lads? I think Hearts are going to win that 1-0. Yeah, I was going to say 1-0 Hearts as well. Another thriller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some weekend in Scottish football. We're, we're, we're doing a great job of selling. <laughs> oh, to be fair, I predicted six goals in the Celtic you did, game. You did. Although all in one direction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's move on. I'm um, going back up to Aberdeen. Um, Sam Cosgrove um, is in the, the, the news today again. He didn't have the best of starts. They moved to Pataudry in January last year, but it's kind of hard to imagine what Derek McInnes would do without him these days, obviously. And he got 21 in all competitions last year, but he's, he's on about a goal a game this campaign already. It's 11 and 12. 11 and 12. 13 and 13. There you go, goal again. There you go. That's, he's doing so well, in fact, that he's now at the level where you're getting mad stories about him, like, you know, he's going to Lazio, which today I mean, he's dismissed as, quote, a load of rubbish. Um, surprisingly, I don't think many folk are stunned <laughs> with that. But it's a sign of how well he's doing it, you're getting these these sort of stories. I mean, you, you know, you know, duff, completely duff players don't get mad lies about them. 
usually. So, I mean, I mean, how important is he to Derek McInnes now? Oh, he's absolutely crucial. I mean, if you look at, I think, okay, I think five of his goals have been penalties, but you've still got to score them. He's got 13 goals in 13 games. We were just talking uh, in the sort of preview section about Aberdeen not having had a great start. Well, I mean, take those 13 goals away and then wh- where would that leave them? You know, they are the grubber. Exactly. They'd be absolutely <laughs> in the grubber. In the grubber. Yes. Um, no, so I think he's absolutely crucial for them, of course. Uh, you know, there aren't really a lot of goals in that team uh, aside from him. The other players haven't really stepped up when he's been out. Um, I think it was interesting uh, in the interview... Uh, I think it was with the Telegraph. Uh, McInnes was saying, you know, when Cosgrove came in, it was like he was a sort of youth player. It was like he was an 18-year-old, 19-year-old player. I mean, I didn't realise that when he signed for Aberdeen, he'd scored one goal in his entire career before that. And McInnes said it was really just a case of, even though he was 22, whatever age he was, just treating him like a youth team player and just really slowly getting him up to speed. And it's obviously paid off handsomely. And you'd imagine if he keeps on scoring like this, okay, I don't think he'll be getting a move to Lazio, but you'd imagine he won't be at Aberdeen too long. You probably an English club will take a chance on him, like you've seen with guys like Louis Moult and other people. Definitely. He's only 22 now. So, right. he, I mean, he must have been 20 or whatever when he arrived at Aberdeen, but I, I wasn't impressed with him at all. I thought yeah. he was ranked rotten. Anyone was, really, um, at the start. But, I mean, he got sent off in his first game, yeah, didn't he, against yeah, Celtic? Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> what, what's impressive... Is that he can run in behind and he can hold up the ball? That's the t- that's the two tenants now of a, of a top top striker that you need to be able to do everything. Back in the day when we watched football when we were growing up, um, you had Larson and Sutton, and Sutton would take the physical hits, and Larson would do all the dirty work in the box and the link up play. Um, that 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 player has been merged into one now, and you look at someone like Musa Dembele who could just basically do everything. That's what they want because they want a, a, a sort of focal point up front, a single striker with players buzzing in around them. Yeah. Um, and, and Cosgrove's got that. So, you know, that, that suggests to me that he'll be heading for something a little bit better than the North Scotland. As, as, I, be- as I believe I said last season when he retired, Chris Boyd was the last of a dying breed. Yep. <laughs> the man who just stands in the box. <laughs> totally. and does well at it. <laughs> OK, uh, we're just moving on. Again today, um, Stephen Gerrard, um, the former Anfield boss, Rafa Benitez, is the latest to come out and tip the Rangers gaffer for greatness as a manager. And this is coming after Jurgen Klopp himself singled him out as his successor at Liverpool, which it's all getting a bit Shakespearean. Do you know what I mean? It's really kind of, you know, Jurgen Klopp is still at Liverpool, there's no sign of him going anywhere, and he's, you know, singled him out. He's the Probably man. Probably thinking King Lear or. King Lear or Hamlet, 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 right. Hamlet, he's a little prince. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, but Shakespeare for you. So yeah, so I so I mean, there's a lot of you know, and it keeps coming out and it keeps coming out, and it seems to be a thing. More and more ex-players and Liverpool players, it's all you know, Gerrard's going to be this. And we've always known that's obviously his ultimate goal, and that's where he wants to go. But I mean, it seems to be gathering up. Do you know what I mean, is it too early for this kind of power? Well, I, I, I think people are always going to speculate because it seems so obvious. Yeah. You know, football it, it does work on the obvious quite a lot, a lot of the time, and and Stephen Gerrard. Liverpool manager has a nice ring to it for the people of Merseyside. At the moment, though, Jurgen Klopp has a contract till 2022. Uh, Liverpool are on course to win their first Premier League in nearly 30 years, or possibly long... Yeah, no, nearly 30 yeah, years. Nearly. Um, that would be an achievement and a half, given how far Alex Ferguson took Manchester United ahead of them. And When Klopp took over, Liverpool were floating about in sort of mid-table mediocrity under Brendan Rodgers. And they're now European champions and on the verge, I think, of being Premiership, Premier League champions, although that's obviously going to be difficult nonetheless with Pep Guardiola and Man City breathing down their necks. I don't see 
well, look, listen, Klopp isn't going to get sacked, so that's the no, first thing. So there's, there's no way he's going to leave before the end of this season. Um, and you can't imagine he would want to leave at the end of this season. So it would be next season. At the earliest. At that point, Steven Gerrard might be three years into the Rangers project. He would have to have won for me trophies. I don't think that Liverpool would accept, given the elite level they're now at, a manager who hasn't won anything. It needs to be. He needs to be a success at Rangers. Uh, I was speaking to one of my colleagues yesterday here who said it didn't matter if he's a success or not. He just needs to be perceived to be a success down south because they have such a low opinion of the game. They're not really going to take what he does up here into account. I don't. I honestly don't buy that. I think Liverpool fans are smart enough that they'll analyse it and say, Look, "We are." a top-level side competing. They won't because it's Steven Gerrard. Do you think so, though? If it was anybody else, but it's Steven Gerrard. Well, look at Frank Lampard. Do you think Celtic fans would accept Henrik Larson? Because I don't think they would. Yeah, they would. Some would. would. Some would definitely, but a lot lot of them won't, including myself. A lot of them won't. He's not done enough. He don't want to tarnish the reputation, blah, blah. And and I think that's a change amongst football fans from 20 years ago. When, When I think Gaby's right, People would have just accepted it. On but look, okay, if he's, two if, words for that, though, Frank Lampard. Yeah, exactly. And also, and also, Henrik Larsson got a team relegated. Uh, Helsingborg yeah. relegated, didn't he? So, I mean, that's slightly different. I mean, I still think, I mean, if the Celtic appointed Henrik Larsson, yeah, okay, the more perhaps thoughtful Celtic fans would be going, look, what's he done? But people would be going, yeah. the King of Kings is back. It's Henrik Larsson. And... I think it's the same with Jerry. So if he's a disaster at Rangers, if this, I mean, he hasn't been so far. If this season somehow, it doesn't look like it's going to, if it somehow goes off the rails, then sure, no. Um, I agree with you, he probably has to win a trophy. But I also think the overall point that they don't really care what he does in Scotland as long as he's not a disaster. He's done a good job. Yeah. He's got them yeah. up to set. The only, I mean, the competed. only reason that he's even now being talked about for that job is because he's Steven Gerrard. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, and like Joe says, you know, look at Frank Lampard. He has one year at Derby. They didn't even get promoted, and he gets appointed as Chelsea manager. Why? Because he's Frank Lampard. Yeah, but it's a bit more nuanced than that because I don't think Lampard would have been in that role if Chelsea didn't have the transfer embargo. So there is reasons for why yes. Lampard's yeah, in place. Still though, no, no, you wouldn't have got. A, I know they've. I know Carlo Ancelotti's already been the manager there, but you wouldn't have got a manager of that level to go in and take over what is essentially a youth side. Uh, under all the pressure of being Europa League champions, so that I even think that's so, why Lampard yeah, got put even in. Even so, you'd got some at higher level. Yeah, Somebody's yeah. managed Derby for one season. I mean, literally, he's got one more season experience managing than Gaby. Yeah, exactly. And I mean? They wouldn't. Yeah, so I, I I appreciate that. Yes, maybe you heard about his achievements on oh, championship no, that's, manager. That's, exactly. that's why I used him as a compliment. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, but they they wouldn't have taken. They, oh yes, I agree that um, the reason that Lampard's in that job rather than like an Ancelotti or whoever is because of that transfer embargo, but. As Joe says, they wouldn't have taken a manager with one season of experience at Derby unless that manager's name was Frank Lampard. Of course, totally. I agree with 100%. you on that. And I, th- I think that's a factor. This whole chat with Gerard is, is because he's, he's been tipped for it. Even when he was still a, a playing for Liverpool, he was tipped as Liverpool manager. And that's that's all it's there. And I, yeah, I, I can I can easily see he doesn't have to win up here. Because as you say, they don't respect Scottish football. They don't see it as anything like that. They see the difference between winning the Scottish League and coming second in it as nothing because it's a nonsense tournament for them. As long as he's done well enough, he's got them competing. And the big narrative is, and it's true to an extent, he's got them playing good football. He's got them motivated. He's, he won through walls from His tactics are sound. He's got these things. He's shown all the ingredients to be a decent manager. And that's, that'll be enough. Well, and maybe that's, why, maybe that's why Europe's so important to him. Mm. Because he can point to the champi- the Europa League as example of what he can do in high-pressure situations. Uh-huh. With a limited budget. With a limited budget. And there's no doubt that these teams, while they're not you know, the top level in Europe, yeah. the Feyenoords of this world, the Lydia Warsaw's of this world, 
they're not far they're not off mugs. the dross in the Premier League at, yeah. the, bo- at the very, very bottom le- uh, level. So you can say, well, it's a high level that I'm, yeah. I'm performing. I mean, at. Even a bit higher than that, I would say a lot. Of them. I mean, you know, aye. Mm, yeah. Depends. It's not too depends far. High. Yeah, meddling. Anyway, but yes, exactly. Do you know what I mean? So it can, if he if he's shown he's got this level of competence and experience in doing what he's doing, I don't think it matters if he wins anything. Yeah, I think as long as he does dominant Celtic team as well. It's like it's like basically, you know, he is the king in waiting. As long as he doesn't make a complete hash of the Rangers job, he will eventually be given the Liverpool job because that's like you know that's his scouse destiny. Yeah, totally. Well, American businessmen are not famed for being you know nostalgic above all else and and that would be that kind of appointment that's the other, the other spanner on the works this is not a well, didn't sp- didn't uh, fsg appoint kenny douglish that's a very good point Ding. Thank you. Ding. <laughs> don't mess with the stat man yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, forget, I'm forgetting that ridiculous appointment yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh pwned yeah. on the f- yeah, yeah pwned whacked right yeah, right yeah, at yeah. the end right right Boo. at the end there you go Right, that's Get lost, all. <laughs> Always lying, you pal. <laughs> right, that's all, all for us here at Football Scotland for today. We will be back on Monday before 4pm just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more for us at the Football Scotland website or our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter at Football underscore Scott. To ask a question or make a comment to us individually or slag us off or do whatever you want, you can get me on Captain at Captain underscore Howdy. Gaby on at Gaby McKay. And Johnny Boy on at Johnny R. McFarlane. Till Monday, thanks for listening.